Well, we're in uh, week two of, of our Wise Guys series, and one of, the things that, um, one, one of the things I always think is funny, it, I always notice this with my dad, who was, he was the pastor here before I was, if you're new, um, is that when he would go on a trip, he would always talk about that trip for a while. And, um, and I, I've always said, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to do that today, okay? Um, I'm not going to use maps like he does. I always, I always joked about him like he'd always have maps. Like when he would go to Jerusalem, he'd come back and all of a sudden every week had pictures of Jerusalem and, you know, drawing on them and laser pointers. I'm not going to do that. But, but I do want to talk about, about a month ago, my family um, had the opportunity to go on a huge vacation out to California. We flew out there, all of our family, there were, let's see, eight adults and uh, 11 grandkids or kids. Um, and, and so it was a huge trip. We went out to California, and there were two things that I was really thankful for on that trip. There was more than two, but there are two that, for the purposes of what I'm talking about today, I want to share with you. Two things I was really thankful for. Number one, my mother put a lot of time and energy into planning that trip. She had everything planned out, every night where we were going to stay, what we were going to do. I mean, when you go on a two-week vacation with 19 people, it's a good idea to have a plan. And I'm thankful that my mother had a plan. Number two, I'm thankful for GPS. Because we went to L.A., and we went to San Francisco, and we went to San Diego, and I mean, just going into L.A., it was like, you can get lost there pretty easily. It is a crazy place, all of the, the interstates. In fact, it, it got me thinking, Megan and I were talking about this on our trip. Um, it was about 15 or 16 years ago that my, I, as a young, early 20s guy, and one of my best friends, Rob, decided we were going to go to L.A. together. I'd never been out, well, I had been out there once with my family, but I'd never been out there as like a person that actually had to make decisions and drive and all that stuff. And so Rob and I were early 20s, and let me explain why we were going. You, you know this about me by now, I'm a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan. And so this was while Shaquille O'Neal was playing for the Lakers. This was actually the year that, that he and Kobe Bryant had Carl uh, Malone and Gary Payton on their team. And so it was this great Lakers team, and we had just finished college, and we said, man, let's go. I mean, before life gets crazy, let's just, let's go. And so we booked flights, and we flew out, we rented a car. And so, so it was funny thinking about the two trips, because this time we had GPS. 15 or 16 years ago... We didn't have GPS. And so two guys in their early 20s in the middle of L.A. of all places with no plan other than to see Shaquille O'Neal play and no GPS. And so I remember the first night we got there, I mean, I had a destination. I want you to know this. We flew into the airport and the first thing, I mean, we were amped up because we were going to see the Lakers play this great team. And I, I, we got off the plane. It was like, okay, what are we going to do now? So we went and got checked into our hotel, but it was, I think it was about eight o'clock and it was like, what are we going to do? We don't want to just go to bed. So we got this brilliant idea. Let's go find the Staples Center where the Lakers play, and let's go check it out, and let's go see the statues out in front of it. I think there's a Magic Johnson and a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, let's just go, let's go to the Staples Center. And so Rob and I get into our little car that we rented and start driving with a destination, but no plan, <laughs> and no map, and no idea where we were going. And so we started driving, and, 
and we're going and, you know, I think we're going in the right direction. I honestly had no clue. And as we're like, I, I, I think in my mind, like, hey, we're just looking for the lights, right? It's LA, it's a big city. We'll just find the lights and we'll go to it, right? And we start driving and, and all of a sudden we start to feel a little bit lost. And at one point I said, I think we might want to get off of this exit and we might want to, you know, ask someone where we're at and where we're going. And so we got off the exit, and, and it's never a good sign when you get off an exit in a place you don't know, and there are bars on all the doors and windows, right? That's not the place you want to be. And so we, we got in there, and all of a sudden I started to realize the street names that we were driving by. I had heard these street names before. Not, not in good places. In rap music. They, they were in songs that, that I, I didn't think I wanted to be on those streets. And so Rob and I quickly realized that we needed to get out of there and we needed to get a plan. So we didn't even go in and ask for directions. We just got on the road and went to a different place. But, but it made me think about the idea. Like both of these trips that we went on, we had a, a destination. We had, we had an overall plan. But this time, we had an, a well-planned out, we had GPS, we knew exactly where we were going every day. That trip, it was just two early 20s guys with no clue what they were doing other than that we wanted to see Shaquille O'Neal play basketball. And we did get to see him, it was awesome. Uh, but man, you don't want to find yourself in the wrong part of L.A. at night, Right? So it got me thinking about how thankful I am for, for GPS, and, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, because last week we talked about wise guys, we talked about wisdom, and how Proverbs talks about the beginning of all wisdom is knowing and fearing God. And so last week the message was pretty simple, that we need to go after God, we need to know God, we need to choose wisdom, so there were three things. Number one, we said each one of us is searching for happiness and fulfillment. Each and every one of us is searching for happiness and fulfillment. Number two, we saw that wisdom is a tree of life, that if we will follow God, if we will follow God's word and the wisdom that we have from God, it will be a tree that gives us life. It'll help us have the best life we, we can. And then the third thing, that wisdom comes from and leads to God. So that's where we were last week. If, if I could put it into perspective of what we were just talking about, last week was the, hey, let's go to L.A. and let's see the Lakers play. It was, it was the overall plan. It was the destination. And, and it was, okay, this is what we're going to do. This week I want to talk about the plan, the journey, the directions, the GPS. I want to talk about what happens after we make that choice to get wisdom and to follow God. Because you guys know this and I know this, that when you set a destination, that's great. But once you leave, there's a long way in between when you leave and when you get to where you're going. That's no different in our Christian walk. We can say, I accept Jesus and I want to live for Jesus. And we can come to a moment in a sanctuary and say, this is it. I'm living for God. But then we have to walk out of the doors of the church and we have to live every day of our lives. We can say, I'm going to go to the Staples Center. I'm going to, I'm going to see where they play and we can get in the car. But then we have to get there. There's a journey so there's a choice followed by a journey. And the truth is, just like 
with Rob and I, every, as we're driving towards our destination, we have decisions to make each, each and every day, each and every moment, which way we're going to go. In L.A., there's just interstates everywhere and highways everywhere, and you've got to choose. We have that same decision every day. Every day is full of decisions, little ones, big ones, that can take you towards your destination or they can take you away from your destination. And so what we want to do is we want to know God, we want to get wisdom, we want to live the life we were created to live, but every day we are on a journey towards God. And so we have decisions to make. In Proverbs chapter 9, we're going to look at, I've been doing this lately, we're going to look at chapter 9 and then we're going to go back to chapter 4. Uh, it's like I'm reading my Bible backwards these days. But, but I want to start in chapter 9 because it paints this really good picture that I can relate with. It says this, Wisdom has built her house. This is the personification of wisdom and folly. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point in the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live, walk in the way of insight. So we have Lady Wisdom that's calling out to us. So on one side, I want you to see Lady Wisdom. It's not, it's not that I think this side is more wise than that side. It's just the direction I walked first. But this is Lady Wisdom, okay? It goes on, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For, for through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. So, Lady Wisdom over here. And Lady Wisdom has prepared a great feast for you and is calling out saying, Hey, you who are simple, come to me. So if we go back to last week, know God, follow God, and you will have a feast. You will have a feast. Life will be great. Years will be added to your life. You're going to have the best life you can if you go to Lady Wisdom. Then in verse, um, in verse 12, the second half of it, it kind of changes direction. It says, if you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. And then in verse 13, it says, folly. No offense, guys. Folly. I'm going to have to go over here. Well, it's on the back. Um, folly is an unruly woman. So we've got Lady Wisdom who's calling that's prepared a feast. And then we've got Folly, Lady Folly, who is an unruly woman. She is simple and she knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house um, on the seat at the highest point of the city calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Listen to this. Stolen water is sweet. Yeah, it's stolen, but it's sweet. You'll enjoy it. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep 
in the realm of the dead. So are you getting the picture here? We're traveling on our journey, and on one side we have lady wisdom, we have, we have God's knowledge, we have wisdom saying, I've prepared a feast for you, it's life to the fullest. And on the other side, we have lady folly who's saying, come on over here, it's going to be fun, stolen stuff is good, food eaten in secret is good, come on over here. And it says, it says on one hand you get a feast, on the other hand, you're headed toward the realm of the dead. What sounds better to you? I'll take the feast. <laughs> I'll take the feast, absolutely. So what is it saying? It starts by saying that one thing I noticed in this, and this is kind of fun, I'm just having fun with this. It says, both of them call out to who? You who are simple. <laughs> and some of you might be offended by that. Like, I'm not that, the truth is, we're all pretty simple folks, Right? That's why advertising is so effective. That's why when you're watching a TV show and a McDonald's advertisement comes on, all of a sudden you want a cheeseburger. Because we are simple. No matter how smart you think you are, you're pretty simple. And we are on a journey and there's two things calling out to us, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. How many, of you, how many of you can feel this in your life sometimes? You can feel when you have a decision to make that there's wisdom and there's folly. I've told a story before about my two friends, one of them that was trying to give me wisdom and one that was giving me folly, and, and it was like any time I listened to the one friend, I got in trouble. How many of you had the friend that every time you hung out with them, you got in trouble? Unfortunately, I had more than one, and that's how you know that I was not wise, but then I had another friend that was like the voice of wisdom, and when I listened to him, things went well. So every day we talked about we're on a journey and we have decisions to make. Small decisions, big decisions. Am I going to stay up later? Am I going to eat this? Am I going to say this? Am I going to do this? You have decisions to make every day, and every day it's like there's, there's two ladies calling for you. Lady Wisdom that says, do the right thing. Come to Jesus. And Lady Folly that says, oh, don't worry about the right thing. Do what's fun. Come my way. We have these decisions to make. I find it interesting that, that on one side, Lady Wisdom seems to just be pretty, the way it describes Lady Wisdom is that, that she's just prepared and she's calling out and saying, hey, I've got something better for you. But then when it describes Lady Folly, it seems like Lady Folly is all about getting your attention. Do any of you ever feel like folly is much louder than wisdom in your life? I, there have been plenty of times in my life where it seemed like folly was calling a lot louder than wisdom. And so I remember one instance, I don't know if I've told this story before, I apologize if I have, but there was one instance in college, my freshman year of college, I dated a girl for, a whole, for the whole first year of college, and right in the summer before our second year, uh, we broke up. So it was during the summer, and so we had this, it was one of those messy breakups through the summer, and, and it was just like we went back to school the next year, and it was kind of a mess. It was like, are we going to get back together? Are we not? Are we going to stay broken up? And it was like we would get together, and we would hang out, and, and we would say that we loved each other, but, but we did, you know, it was just in this messy place. And, and one of the things that I loved to do when I was in college, this is another way you know that I'm not real wise, I liked to throw water balloons, or water in general, on people. So you can kind of see where this story is going. So one night, 
I'm hanging out with, with the girl that I had broken up with, and, and everything was good, and it was like, are we going to get back together? Are we not? And the next night, I'm driving onto campus, and all of a sudden, we see this couple in the pavilion, and anytime you see a couple in the pavilion, you've got to go throw water on them because there's no reason to hang out on campus if you're a couple, right? And so we went back to the apartment, and we got a bucket of water, and, and I got a hoodie on, and I put the hoodie, and I, I went up to the side of this pavilion, and I'm standing on the side, and, and they're inside, and, and guess who was with me? My buddy, Lady Folly, was with me, the one that always gets me in trouble. And I walked up to the side, and all of a sudden, I heard the voice that I had heard quite a bit. I knew her voice, and I knew this was the girl that I had just broken up with that and she was with another guy. So what do I do? Well, my first instinct was, I'm done. I'm going to go, like, no way. This is not worth it. But Lady Folly next to me says, no way, dude. You can't let her hang out with that other guy. You got a bucket of water. You better go throw that water on her. And I'm like, no, that's not wise. That's going to get me, a, no, I can't do it. Are you kidding me? She told you she loved you. You better, you better turn that corner and throw that water on her. And, and Lady Folly is loud and unruly. And Yeah, I, I listened to Lady Folly. And I turned the corner and I threw the bucket of water and I turned around and ran. And when I got back to my apartment, I had the phone was ringing. And I, apparently I'm not very easy to hide and I'm pretty recognizable on a campus of like 700 people. And so the phone rang and it caused me all sorts of trouble. I could tell you three or four more stories about how Lady Folly convinced me to do things that I shouldn't have done that caused me major trouble. Every day we have these decisions and it seems like Lady Wisdom is calling, but it, sometimes it seems like Lady Folly is louder. Do you ever have that experience? Am I by myself in that? Why does it seem like folly is calling louder than wisdom? Why does it seem like when we, let me, it's not always that way. Sometimes things happen in my life. I come to decisions and I think this is what I should do. That's what I shouldn't do. And I hear folly, but I think I'm going to go toward wisdom. And sometimes there are decisions where I can hear wisdom just as loud, if not louder, than folly. But, but there have been many times in my life where folly was louder. Why is that? There's one thing I've noticed in my life when folly, when lady, I, I know this is weird to keep talking about lady folly and lady wisdom, but when folly is louder in my ear or in my head than wisdom, there's one thing I've noticed over and over again. It's when I'm not connected to God. It's when I'm not strong in my intimacy and my knowledge of God. So last week we talked about knowledge comes from God. So think about this. If we as followers of Christ are not intimately connected with God, we're going to hear folly a lot louder than if we're listening and focused on wisdom. You know this is true. In the times when you get out of the habit of being connected with God, it's a lot harder to follow wisdom. And I just want to say this real quick. This is huge for all of us that call ourselves followers. 
We are called to know God and to be intimate with God. And guess what that means? That means we need to make time to know God. Just like in a relationship and a marriage, you take time to know your spouse. Or with your kids, you take time to know your kids. If we are going to be following wisdom, if we're going to make it to wisdom, if we're going to have the life that God wants for us, we have to be connected intimately with God. One of the things that really concerns me these days is that I think people are becoming less and less committed to being connected to God. I think people are less and less committed to spend time with God every day in prayer and reading scriptures. And and statistics tell us that people are less and less likely to be in church every Sunday. And I don't want to tell you that being in church is the be-all, end-all, but I want to tell you that if your destination is knowing God and serving God and having wisdom then you'd better be doing everything you can to be connected to God. That means if you have the opportunity, we went on vacation to California, if you, we had the opportunity, not the, not the, we didn't have to go to church, we had the opportunity to go to church and to hear God's word. I have the opportunity, not the obligation, the opportunity every day to be connected to the source of wisdom through prayer and devotions. And if we're not staying connected, when we have these decisions to make, Lady Folly is going to be really loud in our ear. And more often than not, we're going to struggle. So I just want to start by saying that. If you're not hearing the voice of wisdom, your connection to God is probably weak And it's probably because you haven't taken the time to connect, to hear God's voice, to pray, to be committed to knowing God. So how can we make sure? How can we make sure that we don't end up in the realm of the dead? We want the feast, right? Everybody raise your hand if you want the feast. All right. How can we make sure that we get the feast and not end up in the realm of the dead? Well, it starts with that decision. We talked about that last week. It starts with that decision to say, I want to know God. I want to be intimate with God. But it's more than that. Because every day we have decisions. And so it's not just a one-time thing, but it's everyday practice. Luckily, we're studying the book of Proverbs, which is maybe the most practical book that there is to help us walk our Christian walk. Proverbs, just listen, Proverbs 10 through 31 is just a list of different things that are wise for us to know that will help you in decisions you make. Yesterday I was on Facebook and one of my pastor friends posted one that I had just underlined the other day because it just, it spoke to me. If you want to get some wisdom this week, number one, spend time with God. Number two, read through Proverbs 10 through 31. And you'll learn stuff. You'll get get good guidance. But I want to go into chapter 4, especially today, verse 20 through 27. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, listen to this, above all else, guard your heart. For everything flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. 
Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. This is practical stuff right here. In fact, this scripture alone, just these seven, eight verses, 11 times mention our body and the way we use our body to know God, and the way our body and the physical parts of our body affect our ability to get wisdom. And so the first part says, get wisdom, come after it, listen to what I'm saying. You've got, we've got scripture. Listen to it. Read it. Know it. There is no excuse. There is no excuse for getting lost other than that we're not following God's word and God's leading. Listen to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are life to those who find them. The second part of this is huge. It says, it says this, guard your heart. It all starts with your heart. And you know this is true. It all starts with your heart, because if your heart's not right, guess what? Nothing else is right. One of the things I read this week said, you can fix the pipes and you can fix the valves, but if the source, if the water's bad, the pipes and the valves don't really matter, do they? Your heart is where everything flows from. And so it starts by saying, if you want to be connected to God, if you want to have wisdom, if you want to have life, guard your heart. It's the most important thing. Guard your heart. Let everything be focused on God, and that means guarding our heart. And I think we often get this wrong as Christians. I think sometimes as Christians, we think that we've got to get the outside stuff right so that then we can have time to work on the inside stuff. I've got to look perfect. I've got to say the right things. I've got to, and then I can take the time to get right. This says, no, get your heart right first. It's what everything flows from. Several times in Scripture, Jesus says, I have no use for empty religion. I want your heart. Your heart matters. Guard your heart with everything you have. It, it, that's true for us physically. If you don't take care of your heart, it doesn't matter how healthy your arm is. You're done. Guard your heart. The same thing is true spiritually. It starts with your heart. Your heart is the key to reaching your destination. And so every day, guard your heart. You know what that means? That means when somebody says something that's mean to you or says something that, that could really hurt you or cut you deeply, you need to guard your heart. And you need to know God and you need to know what God says about you and who you are. That means when you're tempted to be bitter about something, don't let yourself become bitter. Guard the source, because your heart is the key to reaching your destination. This is huge. It's easy to become bitter, and it's easy to let your heart get out of place. And, and you guys all can know, you can think of somebody in your life that their heart just wasn't right. And what happens when your heart isn't right? You don't act right. You don't treat people right. You don't make the right decisions. But when your heart is right, you're able to forgive you're able to love. You're able to serve. It goes on and it says, it goes on and it says, um, 
It, it talks about your mouth and, and your lips and your words. It says, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. How many of you have gotten in big trouble or caused a really big mess with something that you've said? Yeah, me too. It says, guard your heart. That's the start of it. But then be very careful what you say because what you say has an effect on every day of your life. It affects your relationship with others. It goes on and it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. This is huge. When you ride on a horse and buggy, what do they put on the horse? They put, they put blinders on their eyes. Why do they put blinders on their eyes? Because it keeps the horse focused on what it needs to be focused on and keeps it going in the right direction and keeps it from getting distracted. Listen, this is huge. Guard your heart. Take care of your heart. Watch your mouth. Don't say things that are going to get you in trouble. And keep yourself focused on what's important, on the destination, on what matters in life. Just like you, you could put blinders on and say, I don't want to see the distractions. I want to see God. I want to see where I'm going. If we want to get to our destination, it starts with our heart. It goes to our mouth and the words we say, and it's all about where we're focused. And then the last part says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. You know what that's saying? You better have a plan you better be intentional about what you do. Don't just wing it. Don't just get in a car and say, I'm going to drive through one of the biggest cities in this, in this country and I'm going to find a building. No, have a plan. S order out your steps. I've been reading a, a book called Ordering Your Private World and yesterday it was just, it was blowing my mind because it was talking about the way that we, we organize our time and budget our time and be intentional about where you're going. Focus on, on the, the steps that you take, the things that you do, and it'll take you towards your destination. And so I, I want to get this in real quick. I'm running short on time, but I want to get this in real quick. So, so Proverbs 10 through 31 gives you a lot of practical advice on a lot of different situations, how to deal with relationships, how to deal with money, how to deal with your time, how to deal with all of that stuff. But I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that there are some things that are not clearly, easily spelled out in Scripture. Like there are some situations that you may encounter that you can't just go find a Scripture that perfectly answers it for you. So what do we do with that? What do we do when we have a decision that we don't have the perfect answer for and Lady Wisdom is calling us one way and, and Lady Folly is calling us the other? What do we do? Here's the thing, if we're connected to the source of wisdom, if we're intimate with Christ, if we're knowing more every day, then we'll know where to go in those times. I hope all of you have made the decision to follow Christ. I hope all of you have said, I want life to the fullest. But I want to be real with you and tell you that no matter how long you've been a Christian or how short you've been a Christian, no matter how many times you've done the right thing, you will face decisions this week. This week, today, you will face decisions. Am I going to talk about that person? Am I going to say something bad about that person? Someone's going to cut you. I promise someone's going to cut you off in traffic. It happened to me yesterday. And, and please don't ask my wife how I responded. <laughs> Lady Folly was a little loud yesterday. 
You have decisions. You're on a journey. And I promise you, no matter how long you've been in the church, you're going to come to circumstances where you have to make decisions that can lead you toward God or they can lead you away from God. You have to daily commit to knowing God, to being connected with God, and you have to daily practice choosing the right way. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Be careful what you say. Fix your eyes on God. Fix your eyes on God and be intentional about where you're going. It's, it's an everyday thing. So we're going to finish the service um, with a really cool thing. There's going to be a baptism, and we are going to, we're going to share in this baptism together. And we're going to watch as Sophie is baptized. And baptism is a cool thing because it's symbolic of us making this decision. It's, it's symbolic of us saying, I want to live for Christ. And it's symbolic that as we go in the water, that, that God is, is cleansing of us of our sins and that we have life. But, but I want you as, you, as you see this baptism, as you, as you experience this baptism, I want you to, how many of you have been baptized before? A lot of us. How many of you, after you got baptized, had some forks in the road that you had, you had some difficult decisions to make? How many of you, after you were baptized, heard Lady Folly calling and, and, and had to make the right decision or the wrong decision? I want you, as, as we watch Sophie being baptized, I want you to understand that just because you're baptized one time doesn't mean that you're at your destination, but that you're on a journey. And so as, as we celebrate this baptism, I want, you to, I want you to think about your own heart. I want you to think about your own journey. And I want you to understand that every day, every day we need to, we need to do this. We need to say, God, I want to live for you. God, I want you to cleanse my heart. God, I want you to give me direction. And so every day... I. I don't know where you are spiritually, but I do know this. You're on your journey, and you're going to have decisions today, tomorrow, and the next day, every day. And I want to encourage you to follow God's voice, the voice of wisdom. I want to encourage you to not listen to the voice of folly. I want to encourage you to stay so connected to God that, that you don't hear that voice very loudly. And when you do, you know where it's coming from and where it's leading, I want to encourage you today as you experience a baptism to surrender yourself to God just like you did when you were baptized or if you haven't been just like you did the day you accepted Christ or if you haven't today may be the day that you say, God, I want to live for you. And so today, for every single one of us, we need to commit to say, Lord, not only am I going to today say that I'm following you but tomorrow and every day after, I'm going to be intentional about guarding my heart, about guarding what I say, about guarding what I look at, and about ordering my steps. Father, we come before you, and I know that there's a lot of people from a lot of different situations that have been in church different amounts of times. There, there may be people here that this is their first time in church, or there may be people who have been in church for 60 years. But Father, I pray for each and every one of us as we watch Sophie being baptized and, and this symbol of, uh, this act of, 
of saying, God, I want to live for you. I want you to cleanse my heart and I want you to cleanse me from my sins. And, and this act of, of being dunked in the water and being cleansed, I pray, Lord, that as we watch this, each and every one of us would commit today, commit today to serve you and to choose you. And I pray that we would be intentional tomorrow and the next day and the next day after to know you, to spend time with you, to be connected with you, and to walk towards our destination, which is life and you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.